This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side of the bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We have uh, made it to episode number 88, and we are jam-packed waiting, and of course, uh, you know, looking at Vegas, wondering about Marcus Mariota, along with a whole bunch of other things, and uh, we're going to get into, I'm joined by uh, Mike Kay, once again, his uh, sexy, beautiful self, who, by the time you're listening to this, he will be at the uh, ASU Pro Day, so you want to be sure to uh, follow him. Also joining us on the program, another jam-packed episode here as we welcome in inside linebacker Mr. Najee Good, Um, and we uh, spoke to him earlier this week before uh, the McCoy trade and everything went down, but uh, so glad that he's on because I think a lot of Eagles fans have forgotten about him, and uh, he can still be a, a viable force on this defense, so we'll get into that. And we'll also talk to Nevada quarterback, Mr. Cody Fajaro, uh, and uh, get his perspective on, uh, you know, how the draft process is working. And, of course, uh, we will also be joined by Mr. Greg Linton, the super sports agent for BGN Radio. His free agency is approaching, and uh, we'll pick his brain on uh, on that stuff, the Macklin situation, and just what it means overall for, for on the agent side, the business side. We'll pick his brain. Always always a fun uh, uh, listen and a fun follow on Twitter. You can follow him at Agent Linton. And uh, let's uh, welcome in uh, Mr. Six and Mr. Mike K. How you doing, bud? How you doing, brother? Uh, I don't know yet. Uh, there is, uh, you know, there's, uh, I think that the majority of Eagles fans uh, consider, you know, the Sean McCoy trade a pretty favorable one. Um, I don't know. We didn't get your take on the last show. Are you one way or the other about it or kind of wait and see still? Uh, I, you know, I thought they were going to cut uh, Shady if they couldn't trade him and they were able to get something for him apparently in 20 minutes, which is really nice. And, uh, you know, it's a player that, Chip's familiar with, you know, I was on radio in Colorado Springs and I got kind of grilled about, you know, 
the amount of Oregon players on Chip's roster, but take away the, the, you know, I think James said this on the previous podcast, take away him going to Oregon. He could have gone to North Folk State, and you'd be happy to have this kid. I mean, really, he had the best rookie year for a linebacker outside of maybe Luke Keekley since Patrick Willis. So, I mean, he's a guy that's going to be really interesting. You know, we obviously are waiting to see what happens to Michael Kendricks because now there's the rumors that uh, D'Amico Ryans is going to stay, which you and I had heard about previously, um, you know, off air. Uh, you know, if Kendricks is, is, is on the trade market, it does, I think, impact the, the, the value of this trade because I think if you look at a, a lineup of Kendricks, uh, you know, Kiko, Barwin, and then let's say they sign Jason Worlds. That's a scary looking linebacking group to go up against. Um, but you know, uh, Kiko, I think is going to be a really good player for the Eagles. Yeah, let's touch on that a little bit too because it's just you know we we haven't heard uh, much, but you know McLean and uh, Mosier both saying that Miko might be not be the you know the uh, the odd uh, inside linebacker out. Uh, do you read into that at all? You know, is that definitely saying Kendricks? Because I can't, I couldn't really. It's not like they would be saying that if it was uh, Najee Good and all that stuff, who uh, obviously we're going to talk to uh, later on in the show. But, um, you know, I mean, what do you you make of that? Do you think that's a possibility for a trade? Do you think that's a a, a weird cut, or does that just mean they probably won't extend him? I know that uh, the Eagles have looked at Najee Good as somewhat of the successor to D'Amico Ryans the entire time, so perhaps they just view it as a cost-effective move. Because Kendricks is going to cost a lot of money. Um, he's not necessarily he's a great player, but he's probably a better fit for a middle linebacker in a, in a Tampa two, which is what the Buccaneers have. Huh? Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> I'm not reporting anything. I'm just saying if you wanted to connect dots, that there you go. But uh, you know, to me, you got to take away. You got to he Chip's a size queen. He's a size queen. That's what he is. And I think if you're looking at a five foot eleven linebacker. Um, who is extremely talented, you want to get value for him. I think Chip is really, really going to be trade-happy ha- this year. I think there's going to be a lot of trades. It wouldn't shock me if Brendan Boykin was traded. It wouldn't shock me if Vinnie Curry was traded. It wouldn't shock me if Nick Foles was traded. It wouldn't shock me if Jeff Mayo was traded. Okay, maybe he won't be traded. But, you know, <laughs> hey, you got to – I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, this is going to be a team that's going to be built in Chip's image. I've been saying it on Twitter nonstop. I think you're going to see big free agents and little free agents that sign with the Eagles that when you see them, they're going to totally fit the philosophy and what Chip wants to do. Um, and I think he's in, he's telling people no one's safe, except for maybe Fletcher Cox, that, you know, any no one's bigger than the team. And I think that that's a good uh, mindset to have. Yeah, and we, uh, you know, we were able to sit down. Uh, we just mentioned him with Najee Good uh, earlier this week. It was before the Sean McCoy trade, but uh, we still got his thoughts on the cuts and his future. And uh, I, for one, am excited to kind of see him on the field this year because I think a lot of people forgot uh, just how good he was uh, progressing along until he got injured last season. But he's on the Duncan Philly Hotline uh, right now as we uh, speak with him. Here's uh, Najee Good uh, the, earlier this week. We welcome in once again uh, a good uh, friend of BGN Radio, Mr. Najee Good. How you doing, my friend? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, preparing for this season, man, after what happened, unfortunately, last season. But I'm uh, feeling pretty good and uh, now just getting ready. Well, that's, I guess that's the first thing I want to ask you, too, is just because, you know, you were doing so well. Uh, leading up to the injury, and you know, uh, then the injury happens. What was kind of going through your mind as it happened and through the season, and how are you feeling right now? Uh, just you know, going through the injury, you know, it's kind of a 
minor setback of, you know, what I had as far as my plans as far as, you know, becoming a great NFL athlete. But, you know, things like this happened. And uh, when I got hurt, of course, a whole lot of things went through my mind. But, uh, you know, the good thing out of, you know, out of all of this, it was, you know, it was just uh, a peg tear. And, you know, it's something I'm able to come back from 100%. And I'm doing pretty good right now. I've been working out in a facility down in Atlanta, you know, just getting everything right. And uh, I feel pretty confident. You know, I, I learned way more than I thought I would learn, you know, sitting back watching. You know, of course you learn a lot actually playing the game, but sitting back and, you know, taking the third perspective from just watching, the you know, our guys go out there and play and picking up on some of the tendencies that you might miss out on because, you know, you're putting so many hours into, you know, other thinking while you're actually playing, you know, it's kind of kind of good to pick on some of those tendencies and see, you know, watch some of the our better players with, you know, D'Amico Ryan and Connor and Trent and even the offensive guys, you know, prepare for the each week for the season. So uh, right now I'm just use all that to my advantage and uh, just get ready for next year. Do you think you'll be ready for uh, OTAs? Oh, yeah, 100%. Be ready for OTAs. Um, when the injury happened, it was, you know, the first week of the season. And it was, you know, that was a good thing. You know, that was another positive about it. it was the first week of the season. So, you know, it was I was able to get surgery and, you know, come back in enough time to where I was able to, you know, do rehab, got cleared, and feeling really good now. So, well, OTAs come around, I'll be able to go for it too. And there's a lot of fans and, and things that are, you know, a lot of draft nicks, all that stuff. There's like, oh, well, you know, you look at the Eagles situation and, and linebacker is, is kind of a major need. And they bring in Brad Jones um, just recently that was announced here. So what, is, what does that mean to you? How does that, how does that make you feel when, uh, you know, there's a little bit of competition in the locker room now and things are still a little bit unsettled yet? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's why we play this sport, you know. That's why I play this sport, you know, for camaraderie, you know, and the uh, competition. And, you know, it's another opportunity to excel. And, you know, they brought in Brad. You know, he's a great player. And, um, you know, he played for Green Bay. He's been in the league for seven years. So, you know, that's a little bit about himself. You know, uh, anybody that's been playing that long, you know, they must, you know, they got to be doing something productive. And he's played on a good team like Green Bay. He's won, won some championships. You know, they've had pretty good defenses. So, you know, we're going to walk them in. We got a pretty, you know, tight-knit group. And, you know, we got some guys in free agency now and, and dealing with all that stuff. But, you know, the competition aspect of it is, you know, it's something that you got to, you know, rise to. And it's something that you look forward to because, uh, you know, that's why we play this game. You know, the best of the best in the NFL, you know, athletes compete against each other. And, you know, just like the fans, you know, I'm pretty uh, excited and, you know, waiting to see what this guy can do, too, because, you know, he's going to be somebody that's going to help out the team and somebody that we definitely going to, you know, try to use in uh, OTAs and see what's going on with him and everything like that. So, from my end, I just take it as, you know, another, you know, another way to compete, another way to, you know, another person that, you know, I'm I'm meet uh, coming in OTAs and, you know, just get better from each situation and, you know, possibly learn something from him. Najee, you know, we, we've we interviewed you before and you just brought up camaraderie. I know you're a big team guy and, a you know, a very welcoming presence on the team to, to new guys. But when we talk about camaraderie, there were three veterans that were recently cut uh, over the last two weeks. Um, can you kind of talk about, you know, what Carrie, Todd and, and James Casey brought to the team? You know, you played with with James on special teams. You played with Carrie, um, obviously on defense. Can you kind of talk about how they'll be missed and and what what they brought to uh, the locker room? 
Uh, yeah, guys like uh, Todd, Gary, and uh, James, you know, they uh very few athletes, you know, <laughs> just, just from playing with these guys, man, guys like James Casey and Gary and Todd, man, there's very few athletes like them. Uh, James Casey, you know, he's a hometown hero. He came to Philly, and that dude really, you know, he opened up a lot of eyes, and he balled out. And then, you know, the whole releasing thing, you know, more of the business aspect and some of the things that, you know, some of the different directors we wanted to move in as a team. But, you know, as a player-to-player, Gary, you know, he was a real fiery guy. He played hard. He was real cool to talk to. You know, you hear, you know, you hear rumors and articles about, you know, all the negatives, but you know, all the things that might have happened or what have went on, but you look at the positives of what he did. You know, the first game I actually played with Kerry, Washington Redskins game, 2013. Kerry had an interception on the sideline, and we went down and scored. And, you know, our offense had ran the most plays ever in NFL history, you know, the first half, you know, when we still had Vic in that. So just seeing Kerry make a play like that, and, the, and you know, the first time I've ever actually played with him just showed me right there that, you know, he's a high-caliber athlete, and, you know, he will be missing you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, we gonna, Kerry's going to pick up somewhere else. So, <laughs> I mean, I you know, I have no doubt with that. But they were really great guys. James Casey, a guy I lined up with, you know, every snap pretty much on special teams. Dude fought to the end of every play. And would literally, you know, if you move and you got another color jersey, you knock your head off. And that's something I'm going to be looking forward to because me and James to go out of that practice. You know, we never got that full game speed competition together, but – It'd be something that, you know, I'd be looking forward to wherever he winds up in. Todd, he was kind of like the savvy vet that we had on offense. You know, everybody knew who he was because he was in Philly. And dude was strong. I mean, he's a giant. And uh, he was really good on offense. And he anchored the offensive line. You know, last year he didn't get hurt. And then this year he kind of, you know, he went through some troubles. But uh, those presents that those guys brought was kind of like a, you know, older vet here, you know, welcome in just like, you know, how you guys say with me. But, um, it was something cool to be a part of, and they all embraced that whole team thing, and they made it a lot easier and a lot better as far as the team environment, the com- you know, comfortability around the facility. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome, Najee, and we really appreciate your time. Last question just before we let you go. There's a lot of people that say, you know, well, the Eagles really need this or, the, you know, the Eagles really need that. Do you think that what, – what do you think you guys are missing? What's, what's one step – you know, what are the steps uh, for you in your mind to get to the Super Bowl? Uh, right now, man, I mean, it's hard to say. It's not hard to say, but, uh, it is hard to say on one hand because, uh, you know, we let some guys go, so we need to pick up what we let some guys go. But, um, as far as, you know, what we have right now collectively as a team, when we came into training camp last year and we only made a few roster changes and we started off on fire. So, you know, I mean, we're making a few roster changes now. And, um, you know, who's to say, you know, we won't start off on fire again. That's going to be our goal. It's going to be to compete and take it step by step, day by day. But um, as far as team needs, you know, we, uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of difficult as a player because you're not up there calling the shots. But, I mean, just just the simple fact, you know, we release care. We're going to need another great corner to come in, you know, play, you know, another good corner to come in and play, you know, just like him or play better. You know, we need somebody to actually, you know, DBs-wise and, you know, guys like Malcolm Jenkins, they'll get those guys going in offense. You know, that's a that's a whole different side of the ball. So I, I might not be able to help you out there. But <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, no matter what Chip Kelly is running, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to work. Awesome. So, awesome. But just from the defensive side of the ball, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much, you know, some of the things that we might look for. And, uh, 
And I feel confident that, you know, whatever direction we're going as far as the team, you know, I'm going to be there to contribute and give it my best so we can be on top at the end of the year. Awesome. Najee Good, uh, linebacker, Philadelphia Eagles. We thank you so much for joining us right here on BGN Radio, my friend. Good luck to you, and we're definitely uh, rooting for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. And again, a big thank you to him uh, for sitting down with us because it's you know he he doesn't mind uh, talking and we love to listen to it. But uh, Mike, the other thing that we didn't get a chance to ask him uh, about Jenny because it hadn't happened yet. But uh, Mike had an article up the, just this week, uh, just going over some of the things, uh, some of the guys that he think could be a, a replacement. I know there's a lot of bigger names that have been uh, some of the beats. I don't know. Frank Gore has been thrown out there, which is I, I just think is kind of ridiculous, but. Uh, would you see that, you know, Mark Ingram's been a popular name, stuff like that. Um, or would you, you more comfortable just going draft at this point and maybe giving, you know, Tucker, uh, the old, uh, go ahead. I mean, I, I'm always going younger. Um, but I do really, really like Mark Ingram. I know he's coming off an incredible season and, uh, he's finally healthy. Um, but I think signing him and trading shady with, I mean, you're obviously going to save money. I think Ingram's probably gonna be like four or 5 million a year and shady was like nine to 10. But I think you're better off going younger and because I think this draft class is absolutely epic. I, I, I really do. I, I think, you know, we've had John Crockett and David Johnson on the show, those two, and, and David Cobb. I think all three of those guys are terrific um, late-round guys, especially even if you're going to trade, Mar- you know, for Mariota. If you're going to snag them in the third, fourth, fifth round, you're in good shape, and I think they fit the scheme and the system. You know, a lot of people are going to make a big deal out of David Cobb's 40 time and being at a 481, but he got injured midway through that run. So, and they still had to count it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, the guy normally runs probably like a 46 or a 459. Um, so, I thought that, you know, I saw somebody in the comments section make that argument, which I think is ridiculous and also hilarious, but, you know, <laughs> hey, whatever. Um, you know, I, I think there are guys in this draft that you can get later on that can be starters or at least be really good role players. Um, you know, I'm going to have an article up Friday when this is airing about dark horse guys. Roy Hallou makes a ton of sense to me. Wow. Um, he's a really good special teams player. Uh, he's definitely an above average receiver. Um, you know, he's got a little wear on his tires. because He's been a rotational guy his entire career. Um, good character guy. Uh the Eagles are familiar with him. He's done very well against Chip in the last two years. Uh, and I, I think that he's a type of guy, if you want to build a rotation, I think they keep four running backs next year for what it's worth. I think Sproles is a guy that's going to be looked at as, you know, you look at him on the roster and he's just a weapon. You don't really put him in a running back position. And then you've got a guy, so maybe you keep five receivers as opposed to six. You know, you let Brad Smith take a walk. Um, and then you have, you know, Chris Polk, who, is probably going to be tendered that minimum salary. I know we reported that earlier. Um, And, uh, you know, you're going to draft a guy and you're probably going to sign a free agent. To me, that makes more sense. I I view Chip's ability to adapt running backs as a very big strength. And if you can adapt running backs, you can sign them cheap. And, you know, with this, and I, this is the other thing that I had asked James and and the other guys. And I, you know, I, I understand that everybody's worried about talent evaluation and, you know, maybe Chip was was way in love with some of his guys and in love with continuity and all that stuff. Does this check any of those boxes? Is like, okay, you kind of passed the first test here. You know, you're cutting you're cutting your Trent Coles. It looks like they're obviously going to re- restructure uh, for D'Amico. That could have you know other things. There's still uh, answers or questions uh, to be answered with that whole thing. But 
Does that kind of put your mind at ease a little bit that like, okay, he's dealing with this like a GM would? Well, you know, I think our, our, our listeners would tell you that I'm probably the most critical of Chip of the BGN uh, universe. Um, but I will tell you everything he's done this off uh, so far with the cuts and the moves. I've a hundred percent agreed with, I have literally near no problem with anything that he's done. So it is a little bit, um, it is a little bit reassuring now, you know, he's yet to make the big Marietta trade. If he overdoes it, I might be like, dang girl. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's pretty much like the only thing, like, I'm still very, uh, very gun shy about that. I mean, I'm all for trading up for him and, you know, we've been hearing rumors of this and that, and we won't report them because they are just rumors, but some of the stuff that I've heard is too good to be true. Because if you're trading three players and maybe, let's say, two first-round picks and maybe a second-round pick, I would do that blindfolded. Um, but if you're talking about trading three ones, three twos, and three threes, I don't know where that stupid rumor started. Uh, I would never do that. I would never make that trade. Let me you're, be, you're, and, and let me tell you real quick. Let me just rip Mike Missinelli because like, he, got, he got that same... Uh, there was a tweet that was that was just sent out that was random that it said he talked to Ryan Day's brother or a coach or something like that and they, they were all going to take a vote on it and whatever and I think somebody had ma- mailed that exact trade to Mike Missanelli and he made a complete show out of it so it's like I love Mike on the air but that's I mean that kind of stuff is ridiculous um, just want to update everybody too and uh, this you know this all may change Brandon had put out uh, saying that Bovada. Uh, Bovada.com or Bovada.lv, which is the, you know, the online, uh, gambling sites, uh, that we get our spreads from and all that stuff during the season. First, they had a, they had a line out there that said, you know, is Marcus Mariota going to be an Eagle? Uh, yes was plus 400. So, you know, uh, and no was minus 700. So the, the, the easy money was on no, uh, that is now changed in two hours. So the yes, yes is now dropped to plus 250 and no has, uh, has brought back up to minus 400. So, uh, it, it can tell you where where some of the betters think that you know it, where Marier is going. That's a, that's a pretty significant jump. So I you know I, it, again it's going to be interesting. I think if it's going to be Tampa Bay and if it's going to be this early, it's going to be you know we can pretty much scrap this podcast and then get ready for the next one because I I think an announcement may happen on Friday or 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 something like that. If you're going to look for a Tampa Bay trade again, not reporting that but just going on gut feeling alone. Uh, we'll move on from this um, as uh, we welcome in the other thing that might be happening. Well, is is definitely happening, I should say, is that uh, we are getting ready for free agency. Uh, you know, Byron Maxwell, Devin McCourty, all that stuff uh, is uh, is on everyone's minds. Plus, you know, the whole Jeremy Macklin thing is is making the, some people worried. So we like to bring in uh, super agent Greg Linton from the uh, Hall of Fame uh, representatives agency as he uh, he is running and. I'm sure his phone is uh, ringing off the hook and he's trying to make uh, uh, deals for his clients and he joins us right now on the Duncan Philly Hotline. Greg, how you doing this afternoon? Gre- uh, glad to uh, have you back, my friend. Um, snowed in, <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah, I think we all are. I think we all are. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the free agency is where it starts to get, you know, interesting. Of course, you know, fans uh, go crazy and stuff like this. What is it? To- what is it like for you, I guess, on the agent side when, you know, free agency is approaching uh, what are you dealing with uh, mostly? Um, essentially, trying to convince people that your guys are just as good as the name players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, especially when it comes to fans in the media, because most have no clue, no idea about 
anything that has to do with scheme fits and footballs. They just know names, et cetera. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and, you know, someone's available who hasn't even played a snap in, in, in two years, basically. And they were like, oh, we need to get him and pay him whatever. I'm like, okay, that's the reason why you're not a GM. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's basically just, it's, 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 it's compare and contrast. That's basically how this free agency thing is going to work, you know. Greg, you know, you're entering a free agency. I know you have a couple of free agents. How do you differentiate between teams that have a lot of salary cap and and teams that don't? Like, do you treat them differently? Do you have a little bit more leverage if a team has more money? How does that work? No. Um, The the team, the the salary cap is, is fictional. I mean, I know people don't want to hear me say that, and I know that's not what people think because their team don't have money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you can make a cap be whatever you want the cap to be. You can restructure players' uh, uh, contracts currently or lease play. You can come up with the money if you have the money. And you can, re- you can structure a free agent contract to fit within a certain scheme. Um, if they want your player and they have the money, then you can't treat them any differently because it's all the same. If you're looking at a guy who's going to get three, four million a year, then the team that you're talking to, no matter how much cap space they have, is going to give you the three to four million a year, or you wouldn't be on the phone with them. Teams that don't have the cap space, you know, they'll call, they'll say, you know, I can't reach that amount. You say, okay, um, let me know what you can give. But if they really want them, you know, they'll come up with the money. Um, the teams that have the most cap space, the only thing they're going to be doing is talking to more people. And that's basically it. I mean, we see it on, on online all the time where this team has this much money. They're going to be major players in free agency. May or may not be true. Um, just depends on how it goes. Um, I answer every phone call, so I ain't that level. I can tell somebody, nah, I don't want to talk to you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is it is interesting because obviously, you know, Philadelphia is kind of doing doing the same thing and shedding and cutting guys. And it looks like they're, you know, every, that, that's been the mantra as well as like they're going to be major players in free agency. The other thing I want to ask you about, which is Eagles related, you know, it looked like and, and clearly I know it would be complete speculation on on your part and everybody else's part. But, you know, when you see that uh, Jeremy Macklin's very close to a deal or they were. You know, they had talks and they were they were really close. And then LaShawn McCoy gets traded to Buffalo. Does something like that impact negotiations as far as, you know, wh- why they might have been very close and then they started distancing, distancing themselves away? Is that, uh, is that kind of an 11th hour agent move or, or what do you see going on there? Uh, I always blame the agent. <laughs> I always, I, it's always the agent's fault. Um, if you were close and you trade McCoy and you come up with some extra money, then you could say, you know, essentially y'all didn't have the money to meet this number, but now y'all do have it. Then the team's going to say, well, we were going to do that move anyway because it wasn't a fit or we're trying to do this in free agency. This is still our number for this position. And this is what we see with him as. And, and, and people always want to run it together, but it's not really mutually exclusive. You know, just because we come up with an extra two, three, four, five million doesn't mean we brought it up to give it to your guy. We probably need this other position that we're going to need that money for. This is still the amount that we have allocated for your guy. And then the agent will say, well, since you got the extra money, we want this. 
And and then they'll say, well, we don't want to give it to you. So it's basic negotiations, but that's basically how it is. And just to follow up with that uh, real quick, with that being said, do you think it was a mistake maybe on the Eagles' part to trade away LaShawn McCoy before they got a, a deal done with Macklin causing this situation? Um, I have no idea. Um, how many, if you do let Macklin lead, there's going to be other receivers that are going to be available free agency and the draft. If, if Macklin wants to be there, then he's going to be there. Um, the thing is, you can't really... You can't really question the moves that they make until you know the reason that they made the moves, That's which we won't know that until, until you know, May. When it's done, exactly. Okay. Greg, um, you know, when you're looking at a team that has been getting rid of a lot of their veteran players and, and all that, um, you know, how do you, how do you sell a team to a player that might be going to a team that has just cut a bunch of uh, veterans? It's easy. You cut the vets. You don't cut the vets because you're cutting the player. You're cutting the vets because you're cutting the contract. Realistic agents, the ones... I, I have agents. I, I categorize agents into two categories. You have your David Blaine agents, and, and, and then you have your, your, your other agents. <laughs> Those are really the only two. You know, I told a player one time, he was talking about, you know, certain players getting a certain amount of money. And I told him, look, I can get you a $100 million contract if you wanted it. You'll never see none of it. <laughs> but, you know, you can set up a contract any way you want. You know, it could be a four-year, $100 million contract with a $1 million signing bonus, $1 million, $1 million, and then $96 million option, <laughs> you know. You can set it up that way, and and it'll look good in the newspapers and stuff like that. But a lot of a lot of contracts are set up to, you know, they're basically two three year deals. So at the end of those two three year deals, now you have your cap against your dead money, and and you just have to weigh weigh the risk of keeping the player, or letting the player go. I guess if a if a if a player knows that, Greg, why are those deals made in the first place? Like, if you, it, what is the point of having such a large cap number, you know, for those things? You see those often, those you know, the Andy Dalton deals or the Colin Kaepernick deals. Why on earth? Why why did those things happen then? Well, again, you can't compare a quarterback deal to any deal because they're separate. They should really have their own salary cap. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> like, it should be separate. Your quarterback is going to be your quarterback. He's going to get that money, and no matter how it's set up, he's going to see a lot of that money. So, you know, I don't want to – so, yeah, we can't, really, don't, we can't really bring up the quarterback issue because well, that's separate, on a whole different strategy. Separately, then, if it was a cornerback, you yeah. know, and we experienced okay, it. Okay, yeah. Let, so, let's, so let's use a corner. Now, again, most players, it depends on how they sold the deal. A lot of agents sell the deals based on, oh, you can do that. You know, look at my left hand while I do something with my right type of deal. You know, so they sell the deal to the player, and the player basically takes it. I mean, he wants to look good in the media, and they want y'all to write these stories about, oh, they take, they got all this money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, every football player thinks he's the greatest, so he's going to play forever. He'll never be a cap casualty. 
So if the team sets it up with the agent and they come up with that deal, the player's going to sign it because that's what the agent advised them to do. And you're the reason why, and you're paying the agent, so that's the reason why you do it. You know, there was a recent report that the teams, that the uh, NFL is thinking about moving rosters from 53 to 55 players. You know, that's 64 extra jobs. You know, for an agent who represents a lot of guys, that's an extra opportunity for you. Can you talk about the benefits of doing this? Because I can't really find any negatives. Um, the the negative would be maybe playtime and uh, statistical, uh, I guess, escalators and contracts for certain players. Because if you have an extra player on the team, he might cut into your playtime. Um, that could be a negative, but from, from our standpoint, it, it, it's wonderful. You have the two extra jobs that are going to be, uh, able to make money, feed their families, put money in the agent's pockets, et cetera. You also get to decrease reps for certain players without having to, to do too much. So you have an extra player, he can play special teams. So, so your third corner doesn't have to just in case of an injury with the first two guys. So it's going to cut down on injuries on game days, theoretically, um, everybody's going to be fresh going into the fourth quarter. So that means the gameplay is going to be a lot better, um, overall. And, and like you said, 64 extra jobs to, to a lot of players who are very deserving. Well, isn't that the reason why we're doing this veteran combine anyway, other than a PR stunt? I mean, you want to get guys on rosters, right? Right. The, the veteran combine could be for guys who NFL for guys, or, you know, you want to, uh, See how they look now, um, but that's basically it to get to get people another eye eyes on a guy, et cetera. But with with the rosters being at ninety, um, you could take a chance on a couple of guys who 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 perform well at the pro day. I mean, at the uh, veteran combine and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, uh, Greg Linton, uh, super agent uh, to the BGN Radio Airways. We always. Thank you for your time, my friend. And uh, obviously, we're going to be chatting with you a lot, probably, as uh, the next couple of months go on. Oh, anytime. I, I always appreciate, you know, you you actually even reaching out to me to, to do anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> Of course, man. We love you. We love we uh, we, we want to know this that side of the business. I'm sure everybody else does, too. So uh, thank you so much, my friend. We'll catch up with you real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Just great stuff there. See? I, agent's fault. <laughs> agent's fault. I think that's right. I think Macklin and his agent, or his agent said, you know what, you got rid of Shady, and you now you have to pay us more money. I think that's exactly what's going on here. So uh, d- definitely a great, uh, great follow at Agent Linton uh, throughout the free agency and just reg- in general. I mean, he's got some great NFL tweets and uh, definitely worth the follow here. Uh, and we're going to keep it uh, moving right along. As, uh, you know, we like to, uh, Mike has been doing an awesome job uh, just to, trying to uh, get the uh, the NFL prospects to come on BGN Radio, so definitely uh, he's been working his butt off, guys. So <laughs> this is this is really awesome that we get to sit down with everybody, and uh, we aren't stopping. And uh, joining us now on the Duncan Philly Hotline, quarterback from Nevada, Mr. Cody Vajardo, joins us right now. How you doing, Cody? Excellent. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Uh, you know, I think I first noticed you in the East West Shrine Game, and uh, you know, you participated at the Combine. Uh, are you starting to feel a little more comfortable around the NFL folks yet? Definitely. You know, I think the interviews have gotten a little bit more comfortable. Just you're getting the same questions, so you kind of craft uh, your personality to those questions. And, and you feel 
a little bit more confidence in your answers. Cody, uh, you had big shoes to fill at Nevada after Colin Kaepernick left. How did you handle those expectations? You know, for me, the hardest thing was um, Cap had his by far the best year in Nevada history, his senior year. We went 13-1, and and we were ranked like seventh, I think, in AP polls. And uh, coming in as a freshman, all these fans, the media, the coaches had such high expectations for us to carry it on. And I'm just a little old redshirt freshman, about 18 years old, just trying to figure out how to play with the big boys, how to play college football. And to be honest, you know, it was almost too much too soon for me, but it helped me mature, helped me grow up. And, and I was able to, you know, with trial and error, uh, kind of have a great career through Nevada. How do you feel that, you know, as a, a passer with mobility, how does that impact, uh, you know, the opposing defense of the uh, opposing defenses that you've faced? I think it's great because you can't just, you know, drop back eight guys in coverage because you have to at least count for the quarterback. And also in the run game, um, most teams that don't have a mobile quarterback, guys will just pound the running back, you know, five, four or five, six guys on one running back. But with a mobile quarterback, they have to at least dedicate one to two guys to take away the quarterback. And it opens up more holes for the running back. The offensive line gets more confidence and, you know, kind of builds uh, a better and stronger offense. Cody, what's your favorite op- you know, like element of the read option? Why do you like it? <clears throat> for me personally, it's – a question game. So pretty much you have all control, especially as the quarterback. Uh, one, you get the ball every single play. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to play quarterback because every single play, two guys touch the ball for sure. It's the quarterback and it's the center. So for me, that's what I wanted. And then in the read option, it's the same thing. I can dictate what I want to do based off of a player's movement. And with that power, you can pretty much be unstoppable because that person, that player can't be right. If he takes the quarterback, you hand it off. If he takes the running back, then you go score a touchdown. You know, Cody, we've been hearing throughout this entire draft process uh, that there's only there's only two quarterbacks that are ready to play, and you know everybody else is a project, all that other stuff. So, I mean, like, what would you do to change somebody's mind on that? You know, for me, I think it's just uh, more confidence in my under center play, and I think I, I did well at, well enough at the combine to show scouts, GMs, and owners that hey, this guy can transition to an under-the-center quarterback. He can take a five-step, a three-step, a seven-step drop. Um, just getting familiar with being the under-center quarterback, it's a lot different, but I focus my whole off-season, this whole off-season training on timing up my footwork to specific routes because obviously it's different from being in the pistol to being under-center. As a quarterback, leadership is always brought up. How important is that in a locker room, especially coming from a quarterback? I think it's huge. And it, a lot of the success on the team comes with the leadership. Now, the hardest thing I believe in from what I've heard, um, making the transition from college to the NFL is there's no grooming period. It's either you walk in that locker room and you have respect or you walk in and, and people walk all over you. <clears throat> and sometimes you get into a huddle and you have 12 to 15 year veterans and you're this 22, 23 year old rookie and you got to demand respect and, you know, Hey, eyes up here. Hey, look at me. This is the play call. And if, if no matter what, if you don't know what you're doing, but you show confidence and that you n- understand the play and you're not stumbling un- over your words in the huddle and you're not looking at your feet, guys will have confidence in you and, and they'll play a little bit better for you. And, and that's what it's all about. You know, a lot of people here in Philadelphia, and especially a lot of Eagles fans, they all want Chip Kelly to have a little more mobility you know, at the quarterback position. They think that's what, that you know, that's what's going to fit the bill there. 
How do you think you'd fit in Philadelphia if you came here? You know, I think I'd fit pretty well. Just uh, what I've seen on, on offense from them is, you know, their up-tempo style offense. Uh, they do zone read stuff, which is kind of like the bread and butter for me. I've been running it for four years now and um, had the opportunity to learn from Coach Hall, who invented the pistol. So I have a lot of zone zone read experience. And I think, it honestly, it would be a good fit. And uh, the one time I went to Philadelphia, I loved the cheesesteaks, the Philly cheesesteaks. So <laughs> I think it would be pretty good. Did you go to wait? Did you go to a tourist place? You go one of the Pats or Geno's, or did you go somewhere uh, somewhere else? It was I can't remember the name. This was in high school, but it was like a sports. It was like a sports bar. Um, oh, nice. Okay, good. You went. You went out, outside the, uh, the the glitz and glamour. That's yeah. You might have gone to Chickies yeah. and Pete's. Yeah. Maybe that's. That's yeah, that, that's where I went. Oh, that, Chuckie's that, and Pete's. Okay, that is that uh-huh. is very acceptable. Realize that when you come to Philadelphia, don't go to the tourist spots. You got to find the you know the the good stuff. So, uh, Cody, <laughs> exactly, uh, Cody Fajaro, a quarterback from uh, Nevada. We thank you so much for your time here this afternoon, right here on BGN Radio. Best of luck to you, my friend, and uh, we'll be definitely keeping an eye on you through the rest of the draft process. Hey guys, it was a pleasure talking football with you. I appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to interview me. Awesome, man. And thank you to Cody. And again, thank you to all the uh, NFL prospects that have uh, joined us through the offseason and definitely gotten to know uh, a lot of these guys. And it's really easy to root for all of them because they've all been great. But, uh, Mike, uh, uh, pretty much wrapping up, you, you expecting anything uh, big as free agency comes? Um, you know, final thoughts on, on that or anything you'd like, my friend? Well, you know, I'll touch on a couple of points because it's been a while since I've been on, at least for our normal uh, our normal programming. Um, for one, yeah, I think I think you should keep an eye on your Twitter feeds. I mean, you know, you should be following all of BGN. You should be following all the big beats. Keep just getting ready. I mean, body. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who whispered that, but I agree with them. You know, I think you, this is, you know, all hands on deck, all hands on deck for the next two weeks. Just, I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to sleep, especially if you live on the West coast, but uh, it should be a fun period. Um, you know, Last weekend, I, I went on kind of a rant, um, and I, I just want to say this. You know, I wanted to talk to John and everybody on air. Um, you know, I've been blessed to – I mean, we all have. We've all been blessed to have a voice online um, as Eagles writers and Eagles fans, but we're normal dudes. Uh, we're all just trying to make it and try to live the dream. Um, obviously, I had some big news that I talked about on Twitter the other day, but um, – there's a lot of up-and-coming Eagles writers. The Philly market is not an easy one. Um, there's so much talent here. There's also a lot of uh, older statesmen. Or elder statesmen? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, I'm a writer. Who, who knows? Um, and, you know, I, I feel like there is this idea of just because you've been doing something longer means that you're better or there it means that you are untouchable. And obviously that's how a lot of these outlets have made these guys. And I'm not mentioning any names because – Personally, that's not professionally, uh, you know, a way to handle it. But I see all these guys that are grinding. I see the, you know, the uh, I believe it's called From the Towns, uh, you know, Dave Searles and Gio and, mm-hmm. and you know, guys like Anthony DeBonia and, and all these guys uh, who are working their butt off, Ben Natan, um, you know, Robert Murray, all these guys are, are working. They're not, they're not making excuses. They're not asking for anything. Uh you know, even John and James and, and Brandon and all, all everybody, you know, are working really hard and um, they're putting out a better product than a lot of these other guys. And, um, you know, I've seen 
people be discouraged. And I just want you guys to know, like, if you're, if you're really striving to be in sports and you're really striving to be a writer, surround yourself with good people, surround yourself with good coworkers, keep working. It's going to pay off. I promise you that. Um, you know, if you're in college right now, join a, join a paper, try to get an internship, do something like that because you know, the more you push, the better you'll do. And there's this misconception about the last two or three generations that they are impatient or they don't want to, um, you know, wait their turn or pay their dues. First off, that's bullshit. Um, because a lot of the people that say that when they were in college or they were paying their dues or starting out, uh, you know, gas costs two dollars and um you know there wasn't a uh, you know there wasn't the worst financial crisis since their grandparents were adults um you know there also weren't thousands and millions of college graduates all competing for one job so you know don't ever be discouraged by somebody who's already in the business uh, that doesn't help anyone uh kevin smith who directed clerks once said something and i'm paraphrasing you know, what's the point of telling somebody that they're bad at something or not good enough? What, what does that do? What is that? Does that help an artist? Does that help a writer? If you really think you're that good that you can tell somebody that, why don't you help them and teach them how to do something? Um, you know, find mentors in this business. I'm not saying me. Um, you know, I'm just a guy. But, you know, find mentors. Jimmy Kemsky, uh, the first day that I started at BGN, uh, he text messaged I me. Mean, he sent me a text message. He sent me a DM and really spoke to me. And, uh, you know, that really was encouraging. You know, I've had some other mentors in the business. Obviously I went to, I went to a small school. I went to the university of North Florida and I know I'm rambling. Um, but I was able to find really good mentors and, um, I'm really proud of what's come of BGN since Brandon's been there. Brandon's a superstar and I'm proud of the people that I work with on BGN radio who have become some of my best friends. Surround yourself with good people, you know, pay it forward. And, um, you know, it, things will pay off. I promise. Hell yeah, man. And I'm going to, you know, it wasn't rambling. That's just great advice. And I'm going to echo some of that too and just take our time here because, you know, uh, uh, Mike's, Mike's found a, a great spot and, um, you know, he'll, he's going to be moving on from BGN eventually, but that doesn't pay off without, you know, just keep going and keep getting at it. You're going to get, you are going to get discouraged. And coming from a guy that has been, up and down and up and down and up and down. Keep going. The, the, the best thing to do is keep going. And, and for the By the Talents guys and, and people that want to start their own podcast and all that stuff, you're going to get made fun of by, you know, the the, the regular media people because they don't understand it. You're, if you want to start a new blog, you're going to get made fun of it because like, oh, who reads it? You're just some guy. Keep moving. Keep pushing forward. Also, big shout out to uh, Javon Alden because uh, – He's one of those guys that is continuing to do that. Yeah, Javon's the best. Javon's awesome, man. And he's a grinder. You know, that's the thing too, John. Is there's so many. What's great about being an Eagles fan right now, and people hate on Andy Reid, but Tommy Lawler even said he learned so much from being a football fan of Andy during the Andy Reid era that he learned so much about the sport. Andy Reid kind of set that base, and you know, with Chip Kelly, it's it's creating a, a group of people that um, are really interested in breaking down tape and doing all that stuff. Other markets don't do that. I got to tell you guys, I, I, I read everybody and it just, it doesn't happen. There are maybe three markets that are as good as this. And that speaks to the caliber of the fan base and that speaks to the caliber of the writing or at least some of the writing in the market. So guys, don't be discouraged and don't, don't hedge your bets on just be covering the Eagles. If you love football, you know, cast your net pretty wide you know, and good things will happen. 
Yeah, and uh, the only other thing I'll say is is always, you know, if it's not there, if you don't have the job available, create it. Create it and just, and just keep moving because you're going to get told no a bunch of times and people aren't going to, you know, like I can't tell you how many times that terrestrial radio or anything else has said, nah, this isn't going to work. And <laughs> it's just, you know, and it's finally starting to catch up and, and, and do all that stuff and they're like, oh, wow, it actually is working. So just keep keep doing what you're doing. And and honestly, I know we've been talking about this for five, six minutes, but I think it's worth hearing um, because there are a lot of guys. And I got to echo this, too, is Tim McManus and Chio Capadier are those two guys, man. At least they were for, you know, they are for James. They are for a lot of people. Not only are they great at what they do, but they're also amazing people and they they know what they're doing. So when you when you put those two together, I think it just makes more and more success. And and no, you're going to be called new media. You're going to be called just a blog. You're going to be called all that stuff. Keep moving, guys. It's it's awesome experience, and it's what brought this whole podcast together in the first place. So, uh, with that being said, I'm sure we've been uh, ranting and raving and and taking off and all that stuff. So, thank you once again to Najee Good. Thank you to Greg Linton and uh, Cody Vajardo for all joining us right here on the BGN Radio number eighty eight. Uh, right through breathinggreennation.com and libertybroadcast.co. Good night, LeSean McCoy. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. <laughs>